0: Welcome to episode 151 of Sweat Out, Happiness In.
1: We're Lauren and Jason Pack, and we believe that fitness should be for anybody, everybody, and everybody. Let's get into the show.
0: What's up, Achievers? Episode 151.
1: Does it remind you of college? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did anybody else drink 151 in college?
0: 151 was our... It was like, okay, if we really wanted to party, this was freshman year of college, if we really wanted to party, we'd get Bacardi 151, which is the highest, literally the only reason was because it was the highest, like, proof that we can get. And, uh, yeah, it was a spiced rum, and we just put a bunch of, like, juices and, like, random (laughs) junk in it, and then literally we all just drank from it yes it was disgusting it's
1: a horrible idea if you're listening at home don't especially do it. during a pandemic don't do it don't do it it's a terrible idea um whether you drink alcohol or not just don't try it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah anyway anyway, anyway th- thanks for that flashback <laughs> I, i'm gonna throw up now. when you
1: said 151 it just i couldn't help myself <laughs> all right what are you talking about today
0: so, well, first we wanted to discuss uh, last week. Last week we had a busy week of uh, filming for Rise. Yes. Rise and Rise Light. Rise and Rise Light, if you don't know, is our online training program, strength training program. And uh, yeah, every four weeks we are, um, we're like, oh my goodness, <laughs> we gotta put together the program and put together all the materials. So basically, last Monday I put together Rise and Rise Light. Lauren put together Rise at Home. We shot all the videos, we do like a walkthrough video, we do all the exercise videos, all the new exercises, we film those and edit those as well. And then on Wednesday, we put them all into the system and we were we were good to go after that. Yeah. However, one of our risers asked us if we could put together just some information about how to better execute the Olympic lifts. And we thought, oh, that's actually a really good idea. Like we should um, have a little bit more information behind that to make sure that the program is as effective as possible. And we ended up uh, adding in a lot more videos. So we ended up shooting tutorials and breakdowns on the barbell back squat, the deadlift, the bench press, the push-up, the pull-up, and then both Olympic lifts as well. So it it ended up being a busier week after we felt really good that we had done it all by that Wednesday. Um, But we're happy that's... It's all squared away and done now that those materials are there, so anyone who signs up for Rise will get those bonus videos, and we'll be able to not just have a program, but also have a lot of coaching behind it, which is what we've always wanted. We we never just wanted to put together random exercises together, but actually have this sort of whole encompassing experience behind the program that makes it so that it's just a lot more effective and that you're able to adhere to it a lot more because you're connected and more invested with it
1: yeah yeah that was always something so for we do the walkthrough video at the very beginning of the program so they get a new program and we do this walkthrough that's like here's the general outline of this phase and here's what you're gonna expect and then we go into detail on some of the maybe newer exercises that people haven't seen before just make sure that everybody's form is on point for those things and We, in the very beginning, we would do that for the squat and the bench and the deadlift. But then we were like, okay, a lot of people have been on this program now for a long time and they've heard this information, but so we don't want it to make it super repetitive or for the walkthrough video to be like two hours long. (laughs) (laughs) But we also want to make sure that new people coming on had the opportunity to learn that information. So this was our, our solution to that. So I think we're, I'm really happy with how, how they came out and I think they're a huge bonus too. To joining the program,
0: yeah. So the new volume of Rise, Volume Twelve, starts today. Actually, so if you sign up by today, you won't skip a beat and you'll be uh, right on track with the rest of the risers. So, um,
1: but either way, even if you miss today and you sign up tomorrow, you just miss the first day of the program. But you can you can hop on and start with day two. So it's no big deal. We it's a rolling enrollment, so there are people who start halfway through a phase, and it's really okay because it's a four week phase so you're gonna get uh repeated workouts for those four weeks you'll see some tweaks here and there for making sure that you progress from week to week but those four weeks are important to actually repeat the same general workout so that you actually have a chance to improve get stronger see progress um and so if you come in on week two or three it's not the end of the world because you're going to see another couple weeks of that program before getting a new one
0: yeah that's true and it's 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 helpful because we used uh rate of rate of perceived (laughs) exertion so rpe and we've had a podcast on this a couple weeks ago um but it's also one of the pros of using rpes because we don't have to say like use this percentage or use this exact weight you can jump on whenever you are ready to jump on a strength training program and get started and you can start and meet yourself where you're at based upon your rpe so it's helpful in that regard as well so yeah um all right. All
1: right. So, what's our topic today? Now, so, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> so today,
0: um, this was actually another um, question brought up by one of our risers. She was mentioning that she has some issues with her elbows and developing some tendonitis in her elbows. And I thought it was a good time to just discuss just acute injuries, overuse injuries, tendonitis, all these little things that might pop up here and there in the on your journey of your strength training. Journey, <laughs>
1: um, oh, so so beautifully said. <laughs>
0: put that on a quote card. Um, but you know, eventually, as you are working out, eventually you're going to have some little, you know, some little nicks, some little aches and pains that pop up, and it's going to be important to figure out what to do when these sort of um, warning signs appear. Uh, to make sure that they don't become a lot more of a bigger issue, right? And so we're going to discuss today just what to do, whether it's with your program or with your form or how to adjust things when you have some of these little setbacks where you have some pain going on. I do want to make the distinction that this podcast isn't for chronic pain. So if you've, if you've had back pain forever or if you've had knee pain forever, um, there are probably some more longer-lasting things that are going on, and we'll address that in a future podcast. But this is more for, like, the, the random aches and pains that kind of pop up throughout um, a program if you end up kind of pushing a little bit too hard and stuff like that, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And now the other second disclaimer is – Obviously, we're not physical therapists, and you should certainly consult with a medical professional um, before just randomly applying what we uh, think is best practices for all this. Um, so it's it's also just really helpful to have a physical therapist that you trust in your corner so that you can just shoot them a message or schedule an appointment and just, just get in really quickly to kind of um, – uh, get ahead of anything that you're experiencing or feeling or if you have or if you're having any setbacks to have someone that you can trust that you can um, communicate back and forth with it's yeah. just really helpful in that regard rather than waiting till much later and the issues get uh, much worse right. Right? right so yep it's helpful to have a physical therapist or some other medical professional in your corner for that but today yeah we're going to discuss kind of what tendonitis what overuse like all these kind of terms they can feel really scary and it can feel suddenly like you've been making all this progress and you've been feeling really consistent and you feel really good and then suddenly you get like this pang of knee pain or back pain or elbows or whatever whatever and it gets it can feel really scary yeah right because you're like wait I can't work out, that means I'm going to be set back for another few weeks, I'm going to lose all my progress, I'm going to lose all my consistency, I'm going to lose my motivation and like you get through these spirals because you have something that has been so routine and so controllable and suddenly it's not in your control and you're like in pain basically. And so we kind of wanted to just break it down for you a little bit in terms of an overall mindset to follow with tendonitis and with overuse stuff and all it really is, it's just a warning sign. Your body's telling you, hey, you're pushing it a little bit too far. I need you to back off. So I'm going to give you a little bit of pain signals here to kind of make sure you do that. And all it is is it's usually in tendons and ligaments, just some just some inflammation going on. So it's either swollen or it's got some um, just some irritation going on within the actual um, tendons itself. And it's telling you, hey, let's back off for a second. It's kind of like when you were in your car. And you have a check engine light that comes on or some sort of warning light that comes on. It's not saying that the car is about to explode. It's just saying, hey, why don't you get checked out by a mechanic or just reevaluate some stuff um, with your automobile. I like
1: that. (laughs) I feel like usually people use cars as like uh, as a nutrition example. Like your Mm. body is like a car. You have to fuel it. And I hate that. But I I really like that uh, little analogy there. I heard it
0: somewhere. (laughs) I don't know who said it first, but. Uh, not my idea. All right. All
1: right. Well, I really, I really like it. Good job. Kudos to whoever came up with it first. Um,
0: all right. So yeah, so it's just a warning sign. So basically you just have to be more aware of the warning signs your body's giving you. If you, this is where people get in trouble. If you get frustrated and annoyed, which is, it's okay to be. But you start to push through these warning signs, that's when you start to have more and more longer-lasting issues. And there's a difference between what's called tendinitis and tendinosis. Tendinitis is short-term. It's acute. It's these little things that pop up here and there um, that are all overuse-based and irritation-based. Tendinosis is when that irritation has lasted for many weeks and months and eventually some actual structural damage has occurred to the tissue and more, uh, more measures need to be taken into account in order for that area to actually heal. And that's where you'll probably need an actual physical therapist to help you along the way to kind of guide that process because the treatment process is a lot more different um, from tendonitis because tendonitis we try to stay away from the pain and tendinosis Tendinosis you actually are going to lean into that pain a little bit to spark a healing response But this is going to be more about tendonitis in this podcast. All right, so the first thing that you want to do is obviously Just stop doing the activity that is causing the pain. So if it's running you should certainly consider stopping to run um, if it is jumping and your knees are getting bothered because you have some tendonitis there, you should stop jumping. Um, perhaps it's even lunging and squatting and basic strength training exercises like that as well. You just want to avoid the exercise that is actually causing the pain. So that is step number one. And it seems like common sense, but if you are in the middle of a program or if you are in a good groove with the strength training regimen, it you'll be surprised with how difficult it is to stop yourself from working out and saying, you know, after I warm up a bit, it doesn't feel too bad. It's fine. And then the next day it swells up and then the next day it feels much worse. Um, So it's really easy to say this, but we do acknowledge that it's very hard to do in practice. But number one, stopping the activity. Number two, it's reducing the inflammation in some regard. And this is where um, you know the classic acronym RICE comes into play. Uh, We won't necessarily talk about rest here, but Icing, compression, elevation, those are all good ways to just cut down on some of the inflammation. And so when I, I've had knee tendonitis, uh, patellar tendonitis before, and uh, I had to use... Um, uh, Advil, ibuprofen, ice, compression, elevation, all those sorts of things to kind of calm it down after I had, let's say, a heavier squatting day or even if I was out playing sports or playing football. Um, that was just a quick way to kind of reduce the inflammation on the front end. Um, I'm not saying to go ahead and tip, like pop Advil like it's <laughs> like nobody's business, but it is a short-term effective method to just cut down on the inflammation. Now, point number three is going to be to actually find ways to move and modify your movement and your your exercises so that it doesn't affect the painful joint, but you are still working out, right? Um, And you are developing a training effect because I think ultimately the reason why we are moving away from uh, the R in rice is because uh, what the literature is saying is that complete rest isn't effective it's not actually helping anything and if you go back to the movement eventually it's going to be an issue it's going to be a recurring issue basically if if all you do is rest and repeat that same cycle over and over and over again so what you want to think about doing is finding ways to move around the painful area in a way that doesn't affect the joint so back when I had knee pain a normal high bar squat or a normal lunge where my knees were coming forward towards my toes or even past my toes. That's what really triggered um, my knee issues. But what didn't trigger it at all was performing more of a low bar squat where my knees were back, my shins were vertical, and I was able to keep my knees in that sort of controlled plane. Sports would definitely hurt it. Jumping would definitely hurt it. Um... Single leg exercises sometimes would hurt it. So I would mainly stay with exercises that kept my shin perfectly vertical and my weight really far back. So low bar back squats fit the bill there. Romanian deadlifts fit the bill. Trap bar deadlifts fit the bill. Hamstring curls, shoulder elevated hip lifts, all these sorts of posterior chain based drills were exercises that I constantly did and felt no ill effects on the knees, and so I was able to strengthen my lower body without necessarily affecting the painful pattern. So it's really important, if you have one of these little setbacks, to just explore and experiment and figure out what works for you at this current moment in time, and then eventually you can start getting back to the movements that um, that you were doing before.
1: Yeah, and it's gonna be a good way to To figure out what your strategy is going to be moving forward Mm. when this may pop up again. So then it doesn't feel so overwhelming or you don't get so nervous because you're like, okay, this has happened before. I know that I can switch my training up to be X, Y, and Z because that definitely works for me in this scenario. And you just have much more, you have much less of an emotional response to feeling a little twinge here and there because you have a strategy. So the first time is probably the hardest when you're playing around with trying to figure out like, okay, nope, this one doesn't work either or, and feeling maybe frustrated that some of the favorite movements of yours aren't really working right now. But knowing that and once you do find those patterns that really do work, now you can just say, okay, if this happens again, I know I'm going to switch up my high bar squats to low bar squats. I'm going to switch up my lunges to single yeah. leg deadlifts or whatever it ends up being. And you just have a plan of attack.
0: Yeah, that's that's such a good point. And just to be almost unemotional about it. It's right. just like, it's just part of the plan, right? And yeah, that's basically exactly what I did. Anytime I had some sort of um. Uh, some some stuff pop up with my knees, I would know that I would just adjust my program accordingly. Now, after a couple weeks, after my knees starting feeling a little bit better, I would then experiment and have my knees travel forward a little bit more. And so this is where split squats and slightly higher bar squats and deadlifts kind of came into play. My knees are slightly more forward and I would experiment. The next day, do I feel any soreness? Did I start to swell up? Was it okay? And if it's okay, then I continue on with it. And if I ever had a setback because I either did too much or maybe I introduced something new, maybe I played flag football that day and it started to swell up again, that means that I would just take it back a notch a little bit, take my knees back and go into, again, the low bar back squats, go into um, my Romanian deadlifts and just switch up the program that manner. And so your goal here is to first start off with movements that don't affect the area And then eventually get to a point where you slowly inch your way towards those movements that you were doing before. And hopefully that slow and steady and consistent progress will make it so that your body um, gets stronger, first of all, in that affected area. And it kind of coaxes your body in a way where it's like, oh, okay, this range of motion is okay. I'm actually much stronger now. I'm actually in a much better spot than I was in before.
1: Yeah, I think that's such a huge point is that that's why they're, we're moving away from rice and more toward mice. Mice, yeah. <laughs> Which is movement, ice, compression, elevation. And it's just the idea of complete rest means that you're also, not only are you resting the affected joint, but you're not working your muscles in any way. So you're also deconditioning yourself. Yes. And so by fully resting, then you're you're making it much more challenging to then be, be able to get back to the movement you were doing before, because now you're not only you've not only rested your joint, but you're also weaker.
0: Yeah, totally. Right? And
1: so now you're trying to go back to an exercise that you used to be able to do at a certain amount of weight, and you have that in your mind and in your muscle memory, but your body is like really not primed or ready to do that. Yeah. So by taking it, by changing the angles and still lifting and still getting strong, you're still getting stronger overall, which is right. going to then help your joints to be able to just like get into that range of motion again yeah. much more safely.
0: I was um, listening to a podcast from a physical therapist and something they said really resonated with me. And they were saying that a lot of the population who aren't, who are in some level of pain and they start strength training and magically all these little aches and pains start to go away. It's because for a good chunk of their life, they've been underloading themselves in terms of physical effort. Mm. And now that they're actually getting stronger in a total body way, a lot of those things, they're they're building up their capacity to withstand stress, basically. So without doing anything special, they're just building up their capacity, they're conditioning themselves, and suddenly all those aches and pains go away, as opposed to when they had a low capacity and all these little stressors in life were exceeding that capacity, and then that was presenting as neck pain and knee pain and back pain and stuff like that. So it's like literally just general Strength training can be such a huge tool in terms of just healing, basically. It's just so good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I just talked about knees and how that would would play out as an example. Let's talk about um, shoulders. Like, you can literally apply this to any sort of joint in the body that you are feeling some inflammation with. So shoulders, typically, going fully overhead, if you have some shoulder issues, going fully overhead is where the issue is gonna arise, right? Hands directly by your sides is typically an okay position for most people. So let's say someone at Achieve, they have shoulder issues, they've been playing volleyball or they've been painting, and suddenly their rotator cuff is not uh, feeling that great and we want to back off a little bit. We will do exercises where their hands are directly by their sides, right? So we'll do farmer carries or deadlifts or heavy rows. Basically, their arm is constantly by their side and in a controlled manner. Over time, we'll raise those arms closer and closer to overhead, so maybe we get their arms, let's say if you're standing, parallel to the floor. So that would be a tall plank position, that would be a push-up, that would be a chest press, um, all those sorts of ranges of motion where your arms are directly in front of you. That is where we would start to gravitate towards. Eventually, this is why we like the angled barbell, or sometimes it's called the landmine, where we go into an angled position, so an angled press might be beneficial here. And then eventually, we can get to an overhead press, an overhead push press, a push jerk, Olympic lifts, and stuff like that, where we're actually going overhead, and hopefully it is pain-free. But again, at any moment, if there's a flare-up or a setback, we just drop right back down to where we were before. So if we were doing angled presses and suddenly one day that wasn't feeling great for the shoulder, we'll say, okay, hey, let's drop it down to a push-up or let's drop it down to a chest press. If that still hurts, we'll drop it back down to a deadlift or a farmer's carry. And this is why it's so important to not be emotional about it, but be unemotional and just be methodical and say, hey, I'm just going to drop back in the progression when I don't feel great. And when I do feel great, I'll test the waters and push forward again. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful to also have... Uh, baseline understanding of training in patterns Mm. and I think that that helps to learn how how to regress something or how to like modify something to meet your needs so with the whole progression that you just gave or that whole sort of like gamut of arms by your side to arms overhead everything was a pushing variation of some sort, right? Even a deadlift is technically a push (laughs) variation, but so it's a pattern that we're going for, not a muscle group that we're working. So if you're thinking about like working, quote unquote, working your shoulders, you might be a little more confused about like, what, like, do you do a front raise or Mm. do you do a lateral raise? But instead we're thinking about a vertical or a horizontal push and kind of going from vertical to horizontal if needed. And then anywhere in between, which would be an angled press, right? So just kind of and then of course if if a pushing variation just fully still bothers the shoulder just going arms by sides and mm-hmm. doing more isometric yes. holds or something like that um but i think it's helpful to understand what was the pattern that you were training that then didn't feel good and how can you modify that pattern yes as opposed to how can you train that muscle group yeah that's a, that's a
0: that's a great point the as long as you are working the patterns, the muscle groups take care of itself. Right. So as long as you think about the patterns, everything else kind of falls into place. So that's a that's a perfect uh, breakdown there because I can definitely see people being like, wait, I should just do front raises. Front raises, but just like that my... can
1: definitely bother people's shoulders sometimes if you yeah. have because that's just like a very localized movement of like where of you're just joint, using yeah. that joint as opposed to using your whole body and using multiple joints, a compound movement basically right. um, where you're not relying solely on that joint or the muscles sur- surrounding that joint. Specifically. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very good point. Um, okay. Now we're going to move on to the specific example, um, that I gave to the person in rise who was asking about their elbow tendonitis issues. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think for the most part, with elbow issues, you tend to see it a lot with pulling patterns, um, especially with overhead pulling patterns and pull-up variations. And I think it's because when you are overhead, and let's say you are doing a pull-up, there's a lot of distraction forces being placed upon the joint, meaning that the elbow is basically being... Pulled apart. It sounds more drastic than it is. It's just it's just gently being pulled apart, <laughs> um, and then suddenly performing the pull up. Now you're compressing it, and you're getting a lot of forces on that elbow, and that can create um, some overuse if you're overdoing it, basically. Um, and so what I told. Um, what I told her was, okay, let's stay away from vertical pulling exercises for right now, and let's stick with horizontal pulling exercises. So, Rose might be more helpful. Maybe um, – maybe what's another pulling exercise? Um
1: Horizontal pulling exercise. Yeah. So like a dumbbell row or a TRX row. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or... Yeah.
0: Any 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 sort of rowing variation, stay with those first, and then over time, maybe we go with an angled pull down, where again we're not fully overhead and we're not necessarily performing a full-on pull-up. So doing angle pull down, and then eventually we do a vertical pull down, but with a band or a cable machine. Not fully going into pull-ups just yet. And then eventually getting to a point where we do band-assisted pull-ups and normal pull-ups. Um, but that is kind of the reverse progression for someone. Um, we were just talking about shoulder pain and how we'd go the other way. This would be the reverse for someone who perhaps has elbow issues when they are fully overhead and hanging. Yeah. So, yeah, you can apply this kind of um, pattern or this way of thought for really any single joint. Just literally think about, okay, what causes pain? What doesn't cause pain? Let's start with what doesn't cause pain and slowly drift towards what used to cause pain. And hopefully it doesn't cause pain. (laughs) (laughs) But all you're really doing is by not resting and actually performing this sort of systematic framework, you're conditioning your body, you're strengthening those muscles around those joints, and you're also signaling to your brain and to your body that you are capable of these movements uh, as long as you don't overdo them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the last point is to, and this is probably the most important point, is to expect flare-ups and setbacks. It doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. It might mean that you just kind of overdid it a little bit, but I would actually rather you err towards the side of slightly overdoing than underloading and really shying away from the affected area because all the flare-up is telling you is that there's a little bit of inflammation going on and just to back off and I I think skating that line the closer you are to that line I think the more healing will actually take place Mm. Um, yeah but I think basically the bulk of this podcast is just to tell you that when you have these sort of warning signs and you have acute injuries that pop up you're in way more control than you think and you can really dial the knob forward or dial the knob back um, based upon where you're at as long as you have a plan, like Lauren said, and just remain unemotional about it, even though it is very frustrating. And we do acknowledge that part.
1: <laughs> yeah, we definitely acknowledge that part. And we've been through, I think the reason that we are so, we talk about it now so much is that we've been the ones to get so emotional about it that we like get, you know, we do, we end up doing silly things, you know, yeah. you end up just go working out through it anyway because I'm sick of having this injury and this is so frustrating. I'm just going to work out through it and then of course you get more injured or yeah. <laughs> it sets you back for much longer or or you just get, you know, into a I like I'm so frustrated that I'm always injured. I'm just not going to work out anymore. And like those mindsets are Basically, never helpful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but it's like like Jason has said repeatedly. It doesn't mean that it's not very easy to get into that mindset if you don't have some sort of strategy or plan, or even just the acknowledgement that okay, I'm I'm being very emotional. I am a little bit overreacting to this specific circumstance. This is not a life sentence now. Um, to, that I can never do this movement again. It's just a Warning signal. It's just a moment in time to step back and make sure that I'm still training. I'm still doing really great things for myself. I might not. I might just not be able to do this one movement at this time right now.
0: Yeah, (laughs) totally. And I think that's about it for today. That wraps
1: it up. That was Jason. Well done. I feel like that was really great. That was hopefully that was helpful. I really enjoyed listening to that. Um, and being a being a part of it. Uh, one thing we might ask is if people are enjoying the podcast lately, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review, that would be super helpful. It really helps to get the word out there and show people that it's a good podcast. (laughs) So (laughs) that would be awesome.
0: Um, And like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Rise Volume 12 is now out. Join today or tomorrow and get on the program alongside everyone
1: else. (laughs) Yeah. And if you, I mean, this this whole podcast was sparked from somebody asking a question in the Facebook group. And the group is one of the biggest parts of being on rise is that you can ask questions in there. You get a ton of support and feedback from other people who are on the program from Jason and myself as much as we can. And, um, it's just a really great place to be able to, feel not alone in your training um because i know sometimes it can feel training can feel a little lonely if you don't have a workout partner or somebody writing a program for you so definitely really nice community and we hope to see you in there
0: (laughs) (laughs) awesome so until next time sweat out happiness (laughs) in